Yo. You all now. With tuna. And bam, niches. You call this one here. The Tunacious Expanse. Tunacious, let's talk a little bit about movies and shit. Hey everybody, it's Pat. And, <laughs> it's and Pat. Snoop Dogg Jr. Snoop Dogg Jr., he actually left. He just he just creeped out the door. Oh. <laughs> See you later, Snoop Dogg. Uh, so, the last time we talked to you guys... That's the door closing. We talked about the best Star Trek movies in the sequence. We actually just kind of talked about all... What is it now? 12 movies? 13. 13 movies? 14. Uh, right. Right. Uh, and then we both saw the latest installment, Star, Star Trek, Trek Beyond. Beyond Repair. <laughs> uh, I did not enjoy this movie all that much, and I will sum up every problem I have with the movie in this one sentence. The review on the commercial I saw said, best action movie of the year. And I was like, well, that's the problem right there. Wow. Um, I can't argue that, though. That, it was one of the best action movies I've seen all year. There was not even that much good action. Well, there was a motorcycle, which, I mean... He st- just drove around in circles for but, like 10 minutes. But the thing is, Star Trek is known for its great motorcycle chases. It's <laughs> yeah. like that dune buggy chase in Nemesis. It's like, why would they have a dune buggy? Oh, yeah, it, why wouldn't it, they just float above all of that? Yeah, Star Trek Beyond was not very good. I just Elba was not very good for being a good actor and a nice screen presence and very... Uh, you know, his voice is very commanding presence, as I said. But he was bad as the villain, because the villain was bad. Well, it was bad writing. He had nothing to do. He had tons of stuff to do. Not really. He could have not talked just like this the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> his whole character was a mystery to me, because they explain it I mean, by he was the serious. captain of the Franklin. Okay, great. Um, why he becomes an alien, why his voice changes, why he doesn't seem to understand humans anymore. Why he lights up. Doesn't he light up? Doesn't his skin, like, light up? Yeah. He has, like, twinkle lights around the The edges of his skin. The whole technology behind him lasting forever and... I last forever for this fix-up. For being an alien, the whole explanation for that was he found some alien mining technology and some drones... That was it. That was the whole crux of we the found story. We drones. In, Did you? In the park. We went to the park and there was people flying their drone. You know what I find funny? When people shoot drones. I think that's hilarious. People shoot... Why did they shoot? Oh, because they don't want the government spying on them? Well, that and because, you know, some people use drones inappropriately. Like, they look in on somebody's lawn and you're like, this, you know, I'm trying to slip my life and you're spying yeah. on me like... F you, I'm going to shoot your drone. That's kind of fun, though. I would shoot a drone, I guess, if I had a gun and anything. If I had a gun and somebody was flying a drone near me, I would definitely try to shoot at it. That'd be kind of neat, I guess. Just to, like, target practice. It's better than animals or other people. Well, maybe better than animals. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Interesting. Well, that sums it up here. <laughs> Two right. weeks experience. Minute three. I am counting on it. <laughs> But yeah, I just, uh, for many reasons, I didn't like some of the acting. I didn't like the overall story. Yeah. Uh, didn't yeah. care about the villains. Didn't really care about what was going on. I a couple cared. good visuals, and that was about it. I cared more about Captain Kirk this film than I did the other two, I feel. I think they, he, he was maybe... Oh, yeah, the, like, the early story was engaging, but then it just kind of faded away. Yeah. 
Yeah. So this is a, our new podcast. It's called Off the Cuff with Tuna and Nishas. Mm. The two Nishas experience is still happening. This is just like our new one. We're just calling it Off the Cuff because we're off the cuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're coming up on four minutes and so 20 seconds. You don't seconds have to here. count down for people. <laughs> oh, unless you meant for 420. Yes, that was the joke. Uh, um, so we're not really going to talk about our anything. three favorites of anything in particular anything. in this installment. It's just going to be a little bit of riffing. riffing. Us basically bullshitting about jabbing. whatever we want. Jiving. We're going we're gonna to jazz. Jump jiving whale. That's a good song. No, it's not. Sure it is. That you don't like that song? No, that song's stupid. Jump jab, this big guy, jump jab, this. Brian Setzer missed the mark for me. Wait, are we talking about the same song? Brian Setzer? When, when was that song made? I think it's like a standard, right? Is it like from the 40s? But like Brian Setzer is like... Is that the remake that came out in the 80s? Was that like the... 80s or 90s, yeah. But not like Stray Cat. It's Stray Cat Guy. Okay, yeah, I'm thinking of Brian Seltzer. Brian Seltzer. Ginger Ale and Seltzer. You know, salsa is now the number one condiment in the United States. Ginger Ale. Wow. That would be like a great, that would be a great James Bond villainess. Ginger Ale. That would be terrible. That should be like, Ginger Ale. My name's Ginger. Ginger Ale. (laughs) I don't know, there have been some really bad girl names in... Bond history. Bad girl names? Well, you know what I mean. Like Horrible female lead names. Yeah, what, what were some of the worst Bond female Ooh. names? I would say Zhenya Onatop is, like, really bad. Yeah, Zen, Onatop, Zen, come on. Zhenya Onatop, that uh, was really bad. What was the one girl, Christmas? Oh. Denise Richards? I didn't see that movie. Denise Richards Christmas, that was her name. No. But then she divorced Mr. Christmas, Lloyd Christmas. And no, her name was, like... Was it Holly Christmas or something like that? Merry Christmas? No, it was Merry Christmas, wasn't it? I don't know. I didn't see the movie. But I know her name was Christmas. Yeah, it was Which, Christmas. That's just, like, not a Bond, you know, no. girl name. I mean, Pussy Glore is a little ridiculous. Yeah, that one's just too over the top. Uh, uh, what were some uh, of the best ones, though? The best ones, I'd say, were uh, Timothy Dalton. I think he's a little underrated, but he was really good. <laughs> um... <laughs> No, Bond girls. Oh, Bond girls. We're still talking about that. Um, I would have to say that some of the best Bond girls were June Taylor and Adolf Verboom. <laughs> what movie were they in? <laughs> they were in Diamonds Are Only Forever. <laughs> Gold. <laughs> So there's a period in between? <laughs> yeah, diamonds are only forever gold. <laughs> <laughs> the lost classic James uh, yeah, The Roman Polanski James Bond Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that son of a bitch. Uh, Roman Polanski, goddamn pedophile. Whoa, whoa, we can't get political over here. He is a pedophile. Yeah, I mean, it's on record. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. Uh, gross. And I like how people are okay with that. They're like, I love his movies. Like, he's a pedophile. Well. Like, I don't know what that means. Should you banish a pedophile from society or what? We kind of, like, banished himself, didn't he? Isn't he in exile? Well, he's in exile from the United States, but that's only to not be arrested and be in jail for what he did. Yeah, that's true. You know, like, I'm sure he's living a fine life in, like, Switzerland or wherever he is. Switzerland? I think he's... In a European country, which one I don't know, but I, Switzerland comes to mind. So he might be dank right now. 
Probably. Wow. Um, but that's weird, you know? It's like it's like Bill Cosby. How do you separate what he's now heavily accused of from, like, you know, I love his stand-up. Like, I grew up on that. The Cosby Show is such a great show. Well, I don't feel that way because I never grew up with Bill Cosby in my life. He was always just there. Mm-hmm. And now that he's a loser, I'm like, well, that's he was a loser. I don't feel any, like, attachment to him as a child because I never, like, cared. All right, well, what about, like, Mel Gibson and his, like, anti-Semitic remarks? Does that change your view of him at all? Um, uh... (laughs) Nicholas just passed gas. You can't say that. (laughs) Oh, I can say it. You can't say that. You can smell it. Ooh, that's, that's rough. Rough. Ooh. It's like... Brussels sprouts mixed with avocado mixed with Brussels sprouts. <laughs> <laughs> That's disgusting. I don't think anybody wants to hear about Inside that. Inside a portobello mushroom burger. <laughs> <laughs> so Mel Gibson. Um, yeah, so Mel Gibson, I think he's a fool too. Um, I did watch a lot of his mo- movies growing up, more so than Bill Cosby. I missed Leonard Six and other <laughs> stuff that he's in. All right, well... Who do, who would you think is a celebrity sports movie, whatever, literature, that you kind of, like, lost respect for because of something they did? Ooh. Ooh, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, Michael Vick. Okay. A lot of people liked Michael Vick. Yep. I never liked him, yep. personally. And then, you know, the dog yep. uh, fighting and all that jazz. Or, like, Tiger Woods and his cheating on yeah. his wife stuff. Well, I'd say... I'd say my disrespect for someone would come not from them cheating on their wife or doing something heinous because disrespect I feel disrespect feels I, I feel that respect comes from you know if you're oh I should respect you because you're doing the right thing by not like drugging and raping women you know what I'm saying like I by in Bill Cosby's yeah okay yeah uh, case but I can't say I respected him to begin with because for me respect is like well he's a giant sellout and now you just add this on top of it so it's that's well how, this is it's, a lot worse than a, being a sellout. No, I know. But you didn't enjoy him originally. I just because didn't care. I wasn't really exposed to it, I guess. But I, I would say someone that I respected, and then they did some effed up stuff that I don't anymore. That's a good question. That's a good question. I, uh, I saw Stan Lee uh, a few months back down at the um, the Barnes and Noble, mm-hmm. and they were doing a signing for Batman: The Dark Knight Returns. Right. Yeah. And Stan picked up a copy of Dark Knight Returns and posed for cameras and they took those pictures and put them on the internet of Stan smiling and holding Dark Knight Returns and I was, you know, I lost a little bit of respect for Stan that day because... And that was just because he's a Marvel guy and he was like colluding with the enemy well, kind of? Well, you know, I gotta tell you, the Stan Lee that I know and grew up with would never be seen on the internet with the distinguished competition. That's all I'm saying. Was he like overly aggressive against DC during his career yeah, but it's just it's it's just like, wasn't done it's like <clears throat> Mr. Wade Boggs getting his number by retired by the Red Sox and wearing his Yankees championship ring on that day low class is what that is low class yes mm-hmm. yes low class I think what Bonds or Boggs did was more uh, heinous than Stan Stan's an old guy but he just wants to get his hands on the books but uh, Wade Boggs classless as well classless even if he drank like 70 beers on like a flight from like Minnesota to St. Paul you know <laughs> what does that have to do with it? <laughs> Minneapolis to St. Paul they're close they're close 
Yeah, yeah I, don't, twins. I don't think you need to fly from one of those cities to the other. I think you just walk there. Well, what's the point? He drank a lot. Was Wade Boggs a drunk? Oh, man. We should stop the podcast right now and you should Google Wade Boggs. Was Wade Boggs a drunk? It's like... <laughs> Wade Boggs drank 400 beers in one season. <laughs> you know, That's like, not a lot. No, no, you know what it is? <laughs> what, what is that? Like uh, less than two beers a... A little bit more than two beers a game. No, but he would drink like thirteen beers before every game. Like that's that's way Bob. Oh, that was yeah. Huh. Like like legendary Belushi Bonham drinking, you know. So yeah, I can't think of a particular celebrity that I like really admired and then totally resp- lost respect for. Um, but you know, there's there's times where people do things or say things. And you're just like, oh, man, like, why'd you have to go and be that way? Yeah, I lost respect for Johnny Damon when he went to the Yankees. I lost respect for Jacoby Ellsbury when he went to the Yankees. I never respected Euclid, so I was happy when he went to the Yankees. These are all sports-related. Yeah, well, you know, I was just thinking about the people that cut deep. Right. Because I don't like a lot of regular celebrities, because I think they're most of them are sellouts and losers anyway, so I can't be like, damn it, you know what, I liked LeBron, but... That 17th Porsche is just too much, you know? What am I supposed to say? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, the only thing I can think of is, like... Jerry Seinfeld. I don't like Jerry Seinfeld. Really? Why? Because I think he's kind of a sellout, and I think he kind of thinks he's better than he is. He just seems so angry, and like, he, later in life. he built a parking garage in New York City to house his Porsches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got a lot that's, of money. That's, that's not good. He should have built a housing project next to his house, and like housed, not given back enough. House fifty. I mean, yeah. When you have over fifty million dollars, you need to give back half. Well, yeah. I mean, that's just a <laughs> problem with uh, the ultra rich. In I would country. just say him off the top of my head. Not that I have anything like against Jerry Seinfeld, but, but like he's someone that I would say I would like enough to dislike things like that about him. Other people I don't like enough to care if they do their stupid, you know, like the Kardashians or Kanye or what, like I don't like them enough to even care what stupid stuff they're doing. But with Jerry Seinfeld, I liked him a lot. I think it's, it's he's hilarious and his show is a legendary show. But then he did all this like dick stuff, so I'm like, eh, whatever. I don't remember him doing dick stuff, but he just, like I said, he just seems kind of like pissy in his old age like on his show which I yeah. watched the comedians in cars getting coffee he just always kind of seems like a grumpy old man and I know he's like 60 now but it's like you know you got everything in life and yeah people come up to you and go hey Jerry you're great I loved your show but like that's not the worst thing in the world no <laughs> like, it's not it's not um, but again I don't have to go through that so you know maybe it's more daunting than I realize to have somebody come up to you every day like every 10 minutes and be like hey how you doing I love you sorry to interrupt you yeah I mean that is literally the price you pay yeah it is you lose your privacy for but you know what there's a lot of celebrities out there from all walks of life that you know try not to be in the limelight and And it works exactly it works very easily not to be in the limelight and you see the reverse of people like I think like Hugh Jackman and you always see him you always see Hugh Jackman on the internet taking pictures with somebody mm-hmm. like he seems like a celebrity to me that's like always like I'm over here I'm doing this I'm doing this I'm talking this I'm talking this I'm going here I'm trying to promote this I'm on stage I'm doing this I'm doing this I'm going here I'm playing Wolverine for the kids in the hospital you know 
So it just seems like he's really he's really doing the right thing. You know? He would probably go to like a kid's party that's dressed up as a woman. Yeah. So that's I think the reverse of those conversations, like Chris Evans and Chris Pratt and Hugh Jackman, like going to kids' hospitals like on their own time and like getting like the authentic costumes to like mm-hmm. show up as Captain America just for the hell of it. Yeah. Not to promote the movie, they're just doing it because they want to promote like goodness. Like that's com- completely commendable. So like so an act like that would take me over the edge with someone I didn't care about. Right, like yeah. That, I, it's, you know. you know, it's just having, like, a good moral center. Yeah. It's nice that that gets promoted by some people. Yeah. Uh, even if it feels like it doesn't in uh, today's mass media. Uh, it's just upsetting with, like, rap music, because old rap music used to be so, like, positive and get people moving forward, and now all rap music seems to be like, yeah, got my hoes, yeah, mm-hmm. got my crib, yeah. Count yeah. my G's. Yeah, there's no yeah. creativity involved. It's like, yeah, it's how much like, money do I have? How many girls do I have? I mean, it's all been big and pretty braggadocious since the beginning. But at the same time, a lot of it, a lot of the best stuff, the stuff that these people grew up with, and I said these people, <laughs> the rap community and the music community, and that, you know, for that matter, grew up with. And it's just, it seems like now it's just more about let's... What's YOLO? Well, we also don't listen to it um, regularly. So, you know, there are... I take a lot of Ubers. (laughs) But there are artists out there who, you know, comment on society or or whatever. I know, I know. But it's it's not the fuck the police that 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 we kind of That seems almost like like ridiculous, too, because it's like, oh, the roots, oh, in common. But, like, they're massive sellouts. Like, they're on advertisement and like how can it be but, like Ice Cube like Ice Cube is such a joke like how can anyone take him seriously He's but in the same joke. vein aren't the guys that you just talked about like Wolverine and, and or, you know well, sorry uh, Hugh Jackman and, Hugh like, Jackman I'm not actually the character Wolverine <laughs> but Hugh Jackman and Chris Evans and all those guys who you think do good aren't they sellouts too because they're in the highest grossing movies doing kind of silly things like putting on costumes and punching people who aren't there like that's not uh, in a more traditional sense, art, as far as acting goes. Well, I, so for me, selling out is not giving back. That's what I feel selling out is. You can but I mean, much, I think you can Common, make, for as, instance, as much, does give back to his community know, a lot. I, yeah, I'm sure he does. I should really research this before we go talking about people. And I'm not, I'm not saying Common, just, but just, you know, I really don't have anything against Common either, but it just, I see these people, and it's just like Pitbull. Pitbull's another one. I see him, and I'm like, dude, who takes you seriously? You're on Bud Light ads. Seth Rogen, too, my good friend. I see him on the Bud Light ads, and I'm like, Seth Rogen, you idiot. And like, mm-hmm. he's, he's gone down a peg for me, because it's like, you really need to go and hawk Bud Light. Like, it's some, Seth Rogen, you're a good friend. Yeah, my good friend, but he just, uh, he upsets me sometimes. Yeah, I know how you feel about celebrities on commercials. There's, there's different levels to selling out, and I think that people choose the easiest, the more seductive. I think I feel that everyone goes to the dark side of selling out as opposed to the light side of selling out because it's easier on the dark side. Well, hey, you know, if yeah, I... I wear the Tommy's hat every single day. Every single day I wear a product <laughs> placement on my body. You do. Purposely. So, I mean, am I selling out? No. Because I'm not getting paid. And also you because... You're getting paid in... Well, you don't get anything free, right? I don't get anything free, no. Yeah. But the thing is, I... It's a... It's, it's, it's a... It's a product I support. It's delicious. I want to go back today and get it, get another one. All right. Well, let me ask you this. Because, you know, let's say I become a well-paid actor one day. Wow. Let's, 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 let's say hope. that. Let's hope. Let's um, hope. And let's say I'm offered a million dollars to, uh, you know, sponsor a brand that both you and I love. 
Whatever it may be. What is the brand? It, it is specific to what the brand is. I don't know. Think of something you, would, you wouldn't you would mind me supporting. Sakani Shoes. There you go. I got an ad to be the face for Sakani Shoes. Mm-hmm. Now, would I be a sellout for doing that? And would it matter what I spend that money on? Like, if I made a commitment to donate that money to charity, does that change your mind I don't, about I don't, I don't think it would matter what you spent the money on, and I think it would depend on how the advertisement was handled. Okay, so that's a matter of taste. Well, that's, that's huge. That's huge. It's a huge amount of taste. You know, <clears throat> we're, we're in the city where we have tons of advertisements at us at all times, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, we do. And... You see, like I saw, I saw Matt Damon up there on the billboard for you know his name, Jason. Oh, Moore. I hated those billboards. Well, I I don't even hate it so much, but it's like he's standing there, and it's like a, like everyone knows what it is, and like they they have just his like eye shadow, the shadow of his eyes, and like you just see you just barely, but right you see plain as day, like the gun in his hand. Like for me, if I was Matt Damon, I would be like, I would do this identical ad, just don't put the gun in the ad. Yeah, you know? exactly. Because it would have the and for me. That's what I think about when I see that ad. It's like, for me, Matt Damon's selling out because he has enough power to be like, listen, I'm not going to do this movie unless you tone down the violence in the print advertising. You know? Mm-hmm. I know this is like minutiae, but like, if I was going into a movie doing that, that's what I would say. I'd be like, listen, everyone knows this is going to be a violent action movie. Everyone can see the movie trailers and mm-hmm. see the, like, the gun doesn't have to be in the movie poster because someone who doesn't watch TV or, you know, they're going to see only the movie poster. They're going to see the gun, you know? Like, you know, yeah. the born movies are going to be action movies. So that's, that's for me, that's kind of what I feel selling out because especially in someone like his case, I feel that he has the power to be like, listen, I'm not going to do it with the guns in my hand, you know? Yeah, I mean, I... And he, I'm not sure he... I'm sorry. I don't sure he feels that way, too. Like, I don't, he might he might be a gun... Like, he might be Mr. NRA for all I know. So I, I'm just saying. I mean, Matt Damon's a pretty liberal guy. I don't know his exact stance on gun control, but I'm fairly sure I've seen him in an advertisement before about, like, we need gun control. Um, or even if he's just a moderate, it's gun promoting and you know it goes back to what we just talked about about kind of losing respect for you know people in the public eye like I did kind of like just a tiny little notch because I still like Matt Damon but I was like man that doesn't need to be there and like in our culture now which is so gun crazy and his face which he's like one of the top like five actors worldwide probably known yeah for him to kind of just have like basically a silhouette of him and a gun it just kind of sounds like a really bad message in it, and it sucks yeah. that, like, you know, we celebrities, you know, have to make those choices and those concessions or just don't think about it sometimes and go, oh, crap. Maybe he didn't know that picture was going to get used. I don't know. Well, that's what I'm saying. They should, like, implicitly say before, like, in the contracts, like, they, they, yeah. contract, they contract everything. Like, you only have to be on set X amount of days, and you're, you know, they have yeah, all yeah. this stuff written out. They can easily write something like that in. Sure, and again, like <clears> you said, somebody in his position would definitely have the power. And, like, I've thought about that, you know, trying to be an actor, who, you know, getting paid for his work. I don't want to do work where I'm holding a gun because I think that promotes it. But, like, you know, if you're struggling to get any work and somebody's like, here, here's a maybe a, a, a series regular, but you have to, you're a cop or whatever. Not that I have the build or look for a cop, but you know what I mean. The weakest cop on the force just yeah. got weaker. Officer Stringbean, come over here. GNC is out of protein powder this week on Cops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, the, those casting breakdowns, whenever I see, like, cop, I'm like, no. Nobody's going <laughs> to no. believe me as a cop. No. 
Yeah, do they have like greasy Italian casting calls? Because I just be, hey, how oh, you yeah. doing? Nicky Nicky the guy though. Of hey, course they oh. do. You yeah, you could easily get something. By the way, this episode is my voice acting demo tape. If you have any questions, please get in touch with me. I have a rotary phone attached to the wall <laughs> in Grandma's house. <laughs> KL five. KL five two one eight seven. Operator, I need to get in touch with the tuna. <laughs> no, the tuna. Yeah. That master vengeance. The master, master. I'm not mask. His, his mask is just a, in the shape of a tuna fish. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> just a lies uh, I, I avenge. What do I avenge? Who would I avenge? Yeah. The slaughter of tuna. I don't I shall know. avenge you. No, because I saw that movie. That was fucking too serious too. What? Movie. The dolphin, did you, the cove. That's what they call. It. Oh like, no, I didn't, didn't want to watch that. I didn't watch it either, but I heard it was real bad. And Lily watched it, and her she was like traumatized for life. So well, yeah, they do slaughter thousands of yeah. dolphins in a bloody pool. Yeah, it's pretty graphic. Yeah, I have never seen Blackfish either. I try not to watch a lot of these movies yeah, sometimes because I'm like, I know how sick to my stomach I'm gonna get. It's true. And like, I, I didn't watch Blackfish either. I would like to watch it, but like, I understand that these things are out there, and like, I. Feel sick enough thinking about it that I don't feel that it would be any benefit to watch that and yeah. have those images in my head. It's true, um, but you know, because I'm all for like, don't abuse animals and you know, be a good person. It's true. On that note, we're gonna take a little quick commercial break. We'll be right back. And we're back here on the Tunisia's experience. We're talking about alarm clocks and their origins. invented in 1817 by Thaddeus Eulogy on the banks of the Ohio River. He was tired of listening to the cock call every morning at seven and said if there was only a way to shut the windows of my farmhouse and still wake up on time. Not again. (laughs) Somehow I must take my watch, my wrist watch, and make a louder, more bed-friendly version of this. Oh, yeah. That was pretty pretty good. Yeah. Uh, that was an advertisement for another show on this podcast station called How Stuff Got Origined. Right. They use the past tense because everything happened in the past. They're, they're clever fellows on that show. Mm-hmm. You just heard a snippet from How Stuff Got Origined. The alarm clock edition. We're back talking about off the cuff things, uh, things just off the cuff. You know, right. I found out that um, I was reading a, a novel, and cuffed is a way to say like just like 
like a, like a sucker punch, like a sneak. Like if you snuck someone, you'd be like cuffed. Yeah, I think they use that in uh, Shakespeare. Actually, oh, interesting. I, yeah. just, I just found that out. It was in the book I was reading. I was like, That's is that uh, the western? Oh uh, yeah, that would be Lonesome Dove, which I finished a couple weeks ago. But good. Uh, wow. Yeah, I feel like Hugh Jackman once again sitting down in that chair, taking off my beard and my mustache, and being like. It was the finest Western I've ever read. That's <laughs> Very violent, though, right? Uh, I mean... Or graphic, at least. It's fairly graphic. From what I understand, there's there's worse ones out there. But I'd say average in terms of the Western genre. They're all kind of bloody and people getting scalped and people getting right. pill- pillaged and such. Yeah. So, Nicholas, have you heard about what's deemed the megastructure star? It was found, like, last year. That was the big base in Star Trek and Beyond that held all the Starfleet people on. It had, like, upside-down MC Escher tunnels and stuff like that. Uh, no, okay. but close. Okay. Um, you know the Dyson Sphere from Star Trek. Oh, uh, yes. Freeman Dyson, Princeton graduate, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the episode Relics, Next Generation, where the idea is that you build a structure around a star and then you absorb all of the solar radiation energy. Uh, that way, so you basically you know encapsulate all that. Um, Halo was his idea too, the Dyson right. ring. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that one's more practical because you can make it whatever you want. I would imagine you have to build it about, around a very small star. Yeah. That's um, but anyway, uh, there was a star found uh, last year that astrophysicists uh, realized that the light was dimming. And really, that's the only thing you can tell about a star billions of light years away is when it brightens or dims. Uh, So it's been dimming, like, kind of erratically, and there's not really an explanation for it. Some people thought it was, like, an asteroid belt or something that was going in front of it. Um, And a more wild idea was that it was some kind of alien megastructure, like a Dyson sphere being built around the sun somewhere else. Wow. which was, you know, quickly poo-pooed, and it's, you know, got like a yeah. negative percent chance of happening, probably. Um, but there was just some developments recently uh, into what that it keeps getting stranger and stranger, like they don't know what it is. I mean, my personal theory is if a star is dimming, I would think it was dying. Like, maybe it just kind of, like, loses its power in stages rather than just, like, evenly or all at once. Maybe because maybe, maybe yeah maybe the, I mean scientists probably know that the, the sure happen like that though but that's pretty interesting that would be an awesome theory yeah and I mean can you imagine if we not just found life but found life that was capable of doing something like that yeah but then th- they would probably have already known about us it might even happen within our lifetime that we like encounter aliens like it's, yeah. it's it seems like it's gonna happen I don't know it seems like a weird thing to say but I'm very I mean, excited about the prospect I never really thought much about aliens honestly I just thought it was kind of all this simple tricks and nonsense but nowadays when things and the, the black knight thing that's up in the orbit they don't know what that thing is mm-hmm. either and the thing with the, the space shuttle or I'm sorry the the ISS saw something and like a UFO in the sky and then their feed went out I don't know it just seems like it, we're like people are gonna come down and be like okay you've gotten to the point where you're gonna be fucking yourselves real quick so oh so you think we're gonna that. get the judgmental aliens I think so I think judgmental I aliens I mean I know there's formulas out there for the possibility of alien life um but formulas there aren't really about like the guess of like how many intelligent species could be out there and it's very, very high. Um, like 30? <laughs> it's a lot more than that. Um, but 
you know, I would think that it's still probably rare. Like, space is huge, like, incomprehensibly huge. So I would think if you did ever run into another species, as difficult as it is to get to them, I would think that you would not want to treat them harshly. But then again, maybe if you have met a lot of different species and had experiences, maybe you get a little bit more harsh and be like, oh, we know what you're going to be like. You're animalistic or whatever. Mm. You know, maybe they do get judgy. Maybe they get judgy because you're too sentimental about everything. Maybe they're like, why do you all have possessions in your dwellings? You know? Right, like, or maybe they'll look at us in awe or something. Who the hell knows? Oh, I strongly doubt that. I, sh- I doubt that too because... Yeah, we're fucked up. But like, you know, that what I really liked about Star Trek Into Darkness was the beginning because it was... I really liked the end. Yeah, I know. But I like the idea of showing just how... why the Prime Directive is there because the idea that you can alter a civilization's course by, like, one small event and you and that's all history is is, like, a series of one small event that ricochets down the line. I mean, if Richard Nixon never chucked in that chicken, we'd be living in a different country right now. Exactly. You know, what if Kennedy hadn't been killed? Or, you know, the, all those tiny little what moments. What if Harry Potter didn't graduate from Hogwarts? Right. I mean, what would have happened to Voldemort? What happens if the Charizard didn't evolve in the Char- from the Charmander to the Charmeleon? Feeling that a jelly donut would be more satisfying than, like, one that was filled with, like, lemon cream or banana cream... Uh, Boston cream I like, though, more so, um, I would say, than just generic. But, I mean, you know, what do you think? <laughs> nice transition. <laughs> nice dissolve. Um, but, yeah, that's why I like history. I don't know about you. History's great. At mm. the end. 